I'm Lara Land, somatic coach and yoga teacher trainer, and this is the Beyond Trauma podcast. What a couple of years we have had. The challenges continue to grow, and more and more of us are experiencing some level of traumatic stress. My commitment here is to bring you the most up-to-date insights on exactly how trauma affects our mind-body-spirit system and how we can work with our bodies to soften its impacts. You will be hearing from trauma survivors and researchers, and together, we are going to incorporate what they have to teach us to heal ourselves and promote the well-being of all those around us. Here we go. I am so excited to share that my book, The Essential Guide to Trauma-Sensitive Yoga, comes out this spring. This is the book for every yoga teacher, studio, and practitioner who wants to incorporate an inclusive approach to yoga. It is available for purchase on my website, laraland.us, and everywhere books are sold. If you're loving this podcast, you are going to love this book. Best Sensual Arts Guide. 200 RYT yoga teacher and published writer committed to reviving the divine feminine womb to liberate, inspire, and remember goddess. Her sacred works are yoni-centric and focus on healing deep wounds to release ecstatic bliss. She's a ceremonialist who shares the benefits of ancient women's medicines traditions through sacred ritual, temple dance, and nature therapy to unlock your sacred mission and devotional passion with private clientele and in workshops and retreats around the world. And she has a one-year-old, almost one-year-old, who has changed her life and her teachings through her journey into motherhood. A deep calling has arisen in her to gather women and children and heal trauma of the feminine through the portal of the womb. So As you'll hear us talk about in this conversation, Sabrina and I met actually locally here in the Catskills at the sauna of our friends at Steady Slope. They have an Airbnb, camping grounds, and sauna. So I want to give them a shout out and link them as well in the show notes about this meeting and the kind of spaces they're creating. And I just thought there's some really interesting work that Sabrina is doing. There's a lot of curiosity I know around womb healing and how trauma impacts the womb. And also she's integrating a lot of archetypal work, which is really powerful and a lot of intention setting, which you'll hear us discuss, we're very much in alignment with. Sabrina is a really, really powerful healer and woman. It's not about her. It's about the work. And I really trust in her and her offerings. I just want to say that we're sharing some alternative ways of healing. And that never means that medical interventions when it comes to our our womb, you know, when it comes to childbirth, when it comes to anything that Western medicine or medicine is off the table. It's more of a both and. And the body-mind-emotional connection is so complicated. And there's so much we don't know that I think it's just wonderful when we can explore all the different pathways of healing and not rule one side out, but really mix that East-West, that New Age, Old Age. And she's a great example of that. 
I do want to warn you that there is some cursing in this episode, so if you do have little ones around, you might want to wear your headphones. Here we go. Sabrina! (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hi. We meet in the sacred space. We meet in the container of healing. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. I feel like we always meet in a container of healing. It's just usually a lot hotter and we're wearing less clothes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Under the starry night. What a tale of womb connection. (laughs) Mm. When you start like that, I felt that container, whether it was here or, or being formed. Tell me about that. What me? What is that? How you kind of walk into all your spaces and conversations? Well, that is such a gem of a question because who we are radiates out from within, and that auric field that we create through our own self practices is what meets others. If we're in a space of rush or anxiety, or our minds are in a different place we're not present, then that's what somebody else meets when they meet you. Mm. And we don't usually think about that. We're usually, or maybe deeply in our heads and not realizing that everything that is within us is what is actually outputting. So when I walk into a public space, when I wake up in the morning, when I set my day with my practices, with my rituals, with my daughter, with my family, I create the frequency that I wish to be living in, vibrating on, and putting forth out into the experience of the day, whatever I am going to meet instead of whatever is going to meet whatever is happening inside of me. We set it with intention. We move forward with presence, with grace. We embody the archetype that we are manifesting through at the moment, whether it's your queen or your priestess or your abundant divine mother goddess, how are you showing up for yourself? And that's how people meet you. Wow. Yeah. And that's definitely how I've experienced meeting you. I thank you for embodying that because I think about that a lot. The teachers I train about that a lot as far as there's an idea that there's practice time and then other time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, really the the whole idea of the practices that we're doing is to be in a kind of state all the time, right? Not to just separate like, this is the time when I'm getting into my yogi self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where is your womb at? What are you regulating your body? Are you regulating your emotions? Are you sovereign from your emotions and from the experiences that are going on? Is there a place and a space within you that can rise into the observer and say, wow, I'm feeling anxiety right now and witness that and notice that and say, I think I need to take a moment to breathe, to ground, to orient myself to my surroundings, to remember who I am, what's important to me, and then assess what is happening. Mm, Yeah. Tell everyone, since we jumped right into it. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Tell everyone, because you you started to hint at it there when you, you brought up the womb. So Maybe you could take a minute to share with the listeners, you know, a little bit about you, who you are, what and what you do and why we decided to be in conversation today. Well, of course, my name is Sabrina Vedette Amalia. I am the founder of Sacred Lotus Yoni Steam 
on Instagram, Sacred Lotus Yoni Rituals. And I am here living in my divine mission, my sacred purpose here, guiding womb embodiment rituals that bridge mysticism and medicine that are walking the path of the mystic feminine that are incorporating and embodying ancient rituals, ceremonies, and practices to bring into our everyday lives for inner peace, for healing traumatic memories stored within the womb that are blocking us from feeling pleasure, whether that is orgasmic or contentment in our life, and really excavating the deep stories that we've told ourselves or that have been told to us that have created the lens from which we're living out of today, which is not necessarily real or authentic. It is not necessarily of us. When we are in a space of living through the lens of trauma, when we are in the space of living through the lens of disassociation, whether that is from our body, our temple, our womb, our emotions, whether that comes from abandonment or abuse from caretakers or heartbreak that we've suffered, and we're not able to clearly move through what the emotion is and the meaning that we made out of it so that we can move towards our visions, our dreams, and our goals. If you are feeling blocked, it is most likely a blockage that's in the womb. You might feel be feeling that through a stagnant menstrual cycle, cramps, bloating, pain, brown blood, cysts, fibroids, infections. That is your womb speaking up saying, hey, there is stuff here that you haven't dealt with and it's showing up in the physical realm. Or it may be deep emotional, sexual trauma, emotional abuse that is just so hard for you to face the reality of that you just can't and your body is protecting you from feeling the deepness of that pain through disassociation from pleasure, through numbness, through painful sex and lovemaking, even with partners that you love, from vaginismus, from in, from guilt, blame, and shame to even touch yourself and feel your own body and what your body was attuned to give and to gift to you. So if these words are resonating with you, if you're feeling this, then this is the safe, sacred, and holy container that I am holding, not only in my mentorships and in my intimate programs, but in private one-to-one sessions with women who have said, yes, I am ready to shift, transform, and heal. Do you think all traumas that we experience show up in the womb? Are there certain ones that land there? And if that is resonating with someone listening, like they're like this, I think there's something here. The body, we always talk about the bodies does that kind of disassociation and shutting off to protect us. So how do we start to meet that, to question whether that's adaptive is really process is really working for us anymore? Well, the womb for the woman is the seat of our power. It is the space, the primordial waters of creation. 
We swam in the waters of our mother's womb and we were imprinted with her genetic codes, both on the outside through our skin by swimming, breathing her waters and through the codes that have been passed through our lineage, our maternal lineage in our DNA, in our structure, coming down seven generations into our body, into our womb. This is where the all of creation has begun. We exist within the womb of the divine mother. This has always been our primordial ancient source of life, of death, of rebirth, of creation. This is where we birth forth our greatest visions, our greatest projects, our greatest relationships, our children, our ability to be a part of the circle of life. It all comes from here. So the traumatic memories that we have experienced in our life, and I just want to share that trauma has become like a very big keyword, a hot word. It's like a hot button word. And it's like, whoa, you know, I haven't experienced trauma. It's like, well, trauma doesn't have to be violent either, right? So let's even bring this into pain. Let's bring this into disassociation. Let's bring this into guilt, sadness, abandonment. These are all deep emotional charges on the spectrum, right? So it begins in the body. It may have begun as a breaking of the heart. It may have begun as a silencing of the throat. It may have begun as a dimming of the light of our solar plexus as when we were 16 and wanted to be a rock star and we were shut down because we needed to do something that made money. It may have begun anywhere in the body. It may have connected through any of the other energy centers first, but where it's stored and where it begins to fester and where it begins to open where it begins to create physical disability i guess at first is within the womb yeah yeah i'm just thinking about that what you said about trauma you know we there are like these little you know they're not really little but these kind of continuous things that can happen throughout our lives you know maybe when we're two or three getting you know stopped in our natural expression and learning some rules and then then again like you referenced in the teenage years and and life and societal norms and pressures put a kind of wall around us and sometimes limit our true natural expression and when a lot of that stuff gets held in over time it is a kind of a trauma it's a, a disconnect from our true beings, our true spirits. I think we can very much see how that's showing up in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So in my practice, through guiding womb embodiment rituals, a lot of us may say, okay, yeah, I feel a heaviness in my heart. I have disassociation with my sexual pleasure, with my, you know, I feel numbness in my womb. I have anxiety in my head. I loop stories over and over. I obsess about things. I keep going back to what if, and if I should or shouldn't have done this or that, or what if I had taken this path and I wouldn't be where I am now, or I have chronic body pain, you know, we can go into all of this and then we can say, I'm present to that. 
if I'm not in denial, I can open up and connect in and say, yeah, this is all present for me and in my body and my life. But what now? What do I do? I've talked about it a thousand times. I've been in therapy for four years. I still have the same emotional charge when I think of that divorce or that heartbreak or that violation. It hasn't moved in my body. I've talked about it. I've forgiven. I've accepted. I've done everything that I could. And it's still here. It's still living and so present within me. That's because there has been no embodiment ritual or ceremony that's been deep enough to affect you on a cellular level and allow that energy to dislodge and move from your body. And that is why in my practice and through the rituals and ceremonies that I lead and guide, we move, we dance, we cry, we rage, we work with crystal healing tools within the womb like yoni eggs and yoni de-armoring crystal wands, as well as the ancient medicinal practice of yoni steaming in which I'm a certified therapist for guiding those rituals. So it's not coming from just the thin air. (laughs) And so in these womb embodiment rituals where we use our spiritual healing tools, I call upon ancient practices and traditions that not only I've studied and learned from many years coming through the lens of the Tao Tantric Feminine Arts, coming through the lens of Kundalini Yoga, coming through the lens of the yogic traditions of the chakra system, coming through ancient Sumerian and Middle Eastern practices from my heritage, coming through my own lived experience, this the traumas that I suffered being in abusive and narcissistic relationships on and off for 15 years, and the healing practices that I needed to incorporate into my womb in order to remember my pleasure and come back to a place of thriving self-worth, remembering who I am. This is all weaved in to the practices and the rituals. Yeah. So maybe you can detail that a little more for us, like what we might. There was something you said about the ritual being deep enough to make that shift. So obviously the dancing is not the, I mean, it might be similar, but it's not quite the same as like, you know, dancing in our bedroom. (laughs) I guess there's some deeper ritualistic aspect. Maybe you can share with us a little bit about that. Absolutely. There are four elements that we know of, earth, air, fire, water. And many of us understand and know the power of transformation and guidance that each one of those four elements are. And yet the fifth element, I like to call it, is our intention. And our intention is the most powerful of all of the elements. And when we sit in a circle or in a ceremony, when you set an intention to release and let go, to accept, to move through, to absolve, to whatever your intention is for whatever is stuck within you and hasn't been able to move, and you are ready to put that down, you are ready to, as some people are saying, unpack, but really you're ready to let it go. You know that on the other side of that is freeness in your body. On the other side of that is peace and relief and an open, empty space for you to plant the dream seeds of your desires. And you're not afraid of that open, empty space. You sit, 
You call in your guides, you call in your healed ancestors, you create that circle of protection around you, you write your intention, you open up to pray and to listen. You have your ceremonial objects with you, which has nothing to do with religion or deities, some cleansing, smoke, some crystal allies, medicinal plants that hold the frequency of what you are calling in and forth, and then actually moving in that intentional way to unstuck what is going on in your body. And the entire time you are focused, you are open, and you are asking for the mother, for whomever you are connecting with, even if it's that divine spark within you, that I am ready to let this go. I am ready to move through. I am ready to take it on. I'm ready to face whatever it is that I have not been able to look at, that I have not been able to accept responsibility for, that I have not been able to understand deeply that this is an event that happened and the emotion that around it is the what I have control of and is what is holding me. All of these things happen in deep ceremony through embodiment ceremony. Revelations occur. You Things happen with you. It's almost a psychedelic experience. Things happen with your hands become healing vessels. The ground becomes a blanket for you to lay yourself down on. It's a transformational experience. And the transformation, the ex- transformation of the experience is what creates a depth that talking never can bring forth. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm feeling... I'm like, oh, I want this. <laughs> it's such yeah. a ripe time for intention setting. As we're uh, mm-hmm. recording this at the end of the year, I'll probably come out at the beginning of the new year. I think it's just absolute divine timing. Of course, you know, I always say every moment can be a new year and you should never wait till uh, for a year to go around to make a change, you know, but there are there's that time those times when the collective energy is toward, you know, setting new intentions. And I think there's something universally that goes on around this time of year. Maybe that is similar to what happens in in the rituals that you're creating. I'm imagining that they're with a group. Is that, am I imagining correctly? Many of the ceremonies that I guide do happen in a group container because there is a very powerful energy that happens when women gather. And it is something that cannot be denied. And when we gather in a safe, sacred, non-judgmental space, uniting wombs, connecting into the blood of the earth, there is a magic that happens in being seen and witnessed and held that is unparalleled by anything in this world. And so the medicine that we carry for each other as women is so powerful and potent and divine. And so ideally, we're gathering together (laughs) right, to create a deep tidal wave of movement And to inspire each other through our desires to come into a more connected place in our world and in our realms and doing it together. 
However, we all have experienced recent shifts in our abilities to gather. So I do hold private sessions online that we get to be in ceremony and ritual together online. And I've also created a container called the Jeweled Womb, which is a mentorship container in which we gather in ritual once a week, moving through an intentional structure that is set within for womb healing through embodiment rituals and practices. So that is something that is coming up this January. At the end of January, we begin our immersion together into the ancient secrets of the mystic feminine. Mm, That sounds amazing. And we'll definitely link that for people in the show notes and share that out. It's a great way to start the year. Well, thank you. I know that you had a great way to start the year as well, because I was just getting my matcha at our local coffee shop this morning in the Catskill Mountains. And I saw your beautiful flyer for your workshop and your yearly planners that (laughs) you created. And I was like, oh, there's Laura. And she has a cool, amazing yearly planner. So, you know, Setting intentions, I know, is very powerful in your world too. And I'm so excited to check it out. Oh, thank you for that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a really big believer in intention setting and in strategizing for and using the imagination to be ready in advance for life. So always like imagining what we're going to do when life happens. Cause I think that's the other end of it. It's like we get all excited <laughs> and then somehow many of us lose our excitement as the year goes on. And it's about keeping that going. And I think having a group like you're talking about where you're checking in with each other, having others on the same path, having morning rituals that help us remember like the planner is, is a, a part of that because it asks every day, like, What are you doing today that's in alignment with your greater vision? Like you're saying, not letting the day run us, right? Yeah. How we set the morning is how the next 24 hours will unfold. So it's really up to us. The first thing that you do, do you lean over and pick up your phone and just get messed up by everything that's coming through? Or do you take... 20 minutes to make yourself a hot beverage, to connect with your family or yourself, to do perhaps even a bonus stretching practice and move your body after it's been sitting in a bed, you stagnant for eight hours, get your lymphatic system going, do a shake, right? So that all has an effect on your magnetic frequency and how magnetic you're going to be during the day, which means That is how hard you're either going to work or how effortless things are going to come to you. You can think about it that way. It's Mm. like if my frequency is low, if I'm vibrating on a frequency of guilt or shame, if I have too much, you know, social media in my head, too much comparison, too much not enoughness, too much not beautiful enough, then my frequency is going to be pretty low and I'm going to have to work really, really hard to get done what I need to get done for the day. 
Whereas if I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I say, wow, you're fucking beautiful. You're enough. Everything that you're doing is perfect. And it's divine moment. It's divine time. I'm going to feed and nourish my body temple. I'm going to make sure that there's nutrients within me that are going to fuel my creativity and my ability to function throughout the day. I'm going to go out there and I am going to be dripping with the sweet nectar of abundance and prosperity and overflow. And everything is going to start coming to me saying, what is that delicious scent? How can I get a piece of that? (laughs) And so when we're in the jeweled womb, This is like setting the container for the next three to six months, depending which path you choose of the jeweled womb and knowing being in the safety of the container, you get to relax into yourself because you know, no matter what, once a week, you're showing up, you're showing up for self-love, self-care, for ritual, for ceremony, for learning. You know that for sure, once a month, you'll be dancing under the moon, manifesting your greatest creations. And you know that you'll be fed and nourished by an incredible guidebook, by guest mystic guides that are coming on to teach, by sound alchemy, by breathing, by working with your yoni, becoming juicier than you've ever been before in your whole life. I mean, I can say that because that is only the reflection of the women that have passed through these temple doors, like needing to change panties in the middle of the day because the work that we're doing is so arousing and so opening up of your sensual and creative portals and flows that you're just on the ride. You're in the flow and magic happens in this portal. I mean, I could share the incredible stories of individual women meeting their beloveds that are after sex magic ritual that are still together today, three years later, or opening up channels of understanding their traumas so that they can actually put them to sleep to take responsibility and to move through that with grace and with the held container of sisterhood. I mean, I could go on, but it's a special place to be whatever container we've chosen to be a part of when we know that there is a guiding light that we can relax into and trust that we are held. Yeah. I'm wondering, I feel held and (laughs) I have a background in yoga and adjacent practices to what you're describing. I'm wondering for folks who are a little nervous opening up in a group or that are kind of nervous and around yoni work, how can they like, but they're curious, right? How would they like prepare or start to enter into this in a way that feels safe and where they can maybe go at their own pace? Is there a a roadmap for that? There is always a roadmap for safety. And where that comes really is in the connection that is created between the women and the container and between us. If you can trust me to introduce you slowly and at your at your ability to process right? Then you get to relax into the flow and relax into the container. If you like, that's why most of the women that come in, we have personal conversations because there has to be a soul resonance, a connection, a yes, I I feel you, you feel me. And these are the deep things that I desire to shift and transform in my life that I need support with. And I see that you have something for me in this. 
right? That's how the safety is created through the trust, the human connection. And that's what makes this so beautiful. It's I'm a human and you're a human. And we are here connecting in this sacred space together because there is a shared need, right? I have these beautiful wisdoms that I've been studying with many teachers for years and years and years that have incorporated and created a beautiful system and structure to apply to your everyday life. And you are seeking that guidance, whether it is because you desire to deepen your healing practice, if you are a healer, and add modalities to it that are going to enrich and enliven and create more feminine connection and power to what you're already doing, or whether you're like, wow, I'm in the beginning of my womb healing journey. I feel numb. I feel disconnected. It's finally time for me to look at what is going on, but I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. And I don't know about putting crystals inside myself. I just know that I feel a resonance with womb healing. (laughs) It's like, there is a place for you, whether you have had a miscarriage and you are really coming back from the emotional impact of that, whether you are have had pregnancies that you've chosen to terminate and yet the spirits of those unborn are still with you because you didn't know how to do ritual and ceremony to release them. And so you're plagued and traumatized by that experience and might be feeling deep sorrow or regret. There is ceremony for you here, right? There is that if you have that deep longing to begin a family and it hasn't been able to happen yet or meet your soulmate, and you just know that your soulmate is out there, but you haven't connected. If you're dealing with trauma from your maternal lineage, from whether you had abusive caretakers or a disconnected mother or in a family that was in addiction, these are all things that are creating an oppression within your womb. This is what we're doing here in this container. It's a deep ancestral earth-based wisdom healing that doesn't take, it's not so (laughs) avant-garde if you are bringing yourself to the table, knowing that in this space, there is a place for you to heal from these wounds. Yeah. And they, they really do get passed down from generation to generation in a couple different ways. In the environment, right? Just the way that we're raised, there are assumptions in our families. And as those assumptions get passed down to us, they become like the water that we're swimming in. And those those limitations and ways of seeing the world that maybe were adaptive, trauma adaptions that our ancestors you know, had to use at that time, but now have become a part of the way that we operate when those the reasons for them are no longer there. And so we're acting on old historical traumas, protecting ourselves from problems that aren't in existence anymore. And sometimes we don't even see that or question that because mm-hmm. it's so deep in the family. And then of course, there's we're now seeing the studies come out around epigenetics, which is even around, you know, how certain genes either come online or offline based Mm. on, you know, traumas three generations back. So I really, I love that you're bringing that up. You know, you're so dedicated to exploring that lineage. I know I mentioned to you before that that really stuck out for me on your, on your website that you shared a little bit about your family. I wonder if 
you might share some of that here. And I wonder if what called you to this work and if it's related to your own history. I know so many of us get called to this kind of healing work because of something in in our families. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, there's several things that you just shared that I'm just feeling so connected to. One, it's a calling. I can't do anything else in this world. I know that this is, I am here. This is what I'm meant to do. And this is who I'm meant to be. And, you know, my only prayer is that the message reaches the women that are, you know, desiring, needing, wanting, longing, yearning, craving for this healing, for this understanding about what's going on in their womb. And that's my only prayer when I open myself up to be a divine vessel of service that simply the line is spread out like, you know, far enough to connect. And that's one of the beauties of sacred technology these days that we have that opportunity. But I digress my history, history, my lineage. It is definitely an influence in my passion. And that is because I, in my maternal lineage, my maternal lineage comes from a Hebrew lineage of Eastern Europe in which basically everyone in my lineage was murdered through the Holocaust. And it was a miracle that my grandfather and grandmother made it out of the ghettos and concentration camps to converge in a displaced persons camp in Europe after the war in the 40s and make their way to America where they conceived my my mom. So really coming from that like a third generation trauma of the Holocaust, which is a deep genocide fear oppression, secrecy, hiding. It's a really deep trauma that is lodged within the body, lodged within the lineage, lodged within generations, and lodged within very sneakily and very subtly showing up in every area of your life until you become present to it right? It was only until I was self-aware that I realized how this trauma had infiltrated every single relationship and action and decision that I'd made in my life. And you may or may not relate to this now if you are self-aware of how your trauma is running your life, you will notice that it shows up in everything. And so that is my maternal lineage. And here we are in America, and it's still a secret to be Hebrew. People a lot of the times think I'm white because my skin is light, but I am not. And I, there was a long time that I hid behind that because I didn't want people to know. I was afraid. What if they found out that I was Hebrew, that I would be discriminated against and hunted? And that's something that lives within this lineage. And on my father's side, he is Jewish, Hebrew, Egyptian. So family that had come through, you know, the sacred lands to settle in Egypt many, many, many years ago through slavery 
right? And freedom and living in that land. My father's side is very dark. And they escaped Egypt from the pogroms in the 40s that happened when they were kicking out the Hebrews in the 1940s. My father was 15 when they immigrated to America with nothing. Once again, persecuted, oppressed, and fearing their life. That has come through my bones, through the bones of my siblings. And it is deep and it is challenging. It's a challenging energy, genocide and oppression and anti-Hebrew, Jewish, everything. You know, like I even say to sometimes people, take a check, check inside your body when someone says the word Jewish, like what does that mean for you in your body? That's a stereotype. And it's the same thing that a lot of people of color are dealing with right now. Um, That's finally coming out. Indigenous, brown and black people of color, just they have a deeper signature through the skin. But the trauma that we've suffered really is very similar, which is why I've spent so much of my life really giving through underserved communities and running nonprofit organization for at-risk and underserved youth families and communities, which was completely preceding the healing work with wombs that I do now. And it was through these 15 years of devotional service of providing free programs in health, wellness, nutrition, yoga, meditation to everywhere from Skid Row in Los Angeles to the jungles of Costa Rica and Mexico that I really witnessed through the selfless service of giving to youth and children and teen girls, um, even to the Lakota reservations, working with teen survivors of suicide in the Dakotas, that we can do so much healing with children and they go home to families, unhealed families, unhealed family systems, unhealed mother wounds, mothers who still have fruit loops like offered to their children because they're just don't, they live in a food desert. It's just nutrition is not readily available. And there's so much shift that you can create with children and youth. And then they go back to the broken family system. And that was when my passion for womb healing really was born. Because when the women are birthing through healed wombs, that's when the children become free from karma. We all have our own, but at least you don't have the additional work of dealing with your parents' karma. And when women come to me and they say, I have cysts, I have fibroids, they want to take my uterus out, they want to give me a hysterectomy, I don't know what to do. Say, listen, take a breath, first of all. You don't need to get a hysterectomy right away. There are natural things that we can do like with vaginal steaming. However, I have to tell you that these cysts, these fibroids that are plaguing your womb, this is a generational side effect of the trauma that you're carrying for your mother and for your lineage. And you are the one it's been, it's here in your womb. You've been the one that's chosen to clear that. That's really hard for a lot of women. Like, why am I here to clear the trauma of my entire fucking lineage? It's like, you've been chosen. There is no other explanation. And so if we were able to come from these, these conscious wombs, 
through conscious conception or through, you know, the, through a space of women who are self-aware, self-aware as they're pregnant, self-aware as their children are swimming in the waters of their womb and knowing that everything that we're doing is either creating a nourishing and nurturing environment for our youth or is creating a more difficult and challenging environment for our youth. Many of us would choose to do the deep inner self work first. I mean, we are in just a culture and time where not everyone has access to to always well just some folks living with a lot of pressure like you said for just getting food on the table a lot of stress a lot of toxins in the environment we're very lucky to be where we are right now how do you feel about that as far as you know what i would hate for someone to hear that and feel like it's their fault that their child has something you know what I mean? And I just wonder how, like how you think about that. Mm -hmm. There's no fault. There's no blame. There's no guilt. There's no shame. If you're going to put yourself on a path of faulting, blaming yourself, guilting yourself, shaming yourself for everything that wasn't, was, or couldn't have been, you're disconnecting yourself from the self-responsibility, right? Because we have the power to shift and heal the generations above and below us with our own inner work. So instead of spending the time wondering and feeling guilty and what I could have, would have done, it's what are we going to, how are we going to move forward? What are the ceremonies, rituals, and practices that I get to take on right now? Because guess what? No one on earth is an ascended master. I hate to break any bubbles out there. Nobody is fully healed. No one's an angel. That's why we're here on earth to move, to feel, to cry, to, to feel every spectrum of emotion. And, to, and we are all in different stages of our life journey of our eternal soul. So your soul is on a journey and your child's soul is on a journey. And your child received that because that's part of their journey. Mm. Right? They were meant to rise into that challenge. They were meant to be where they are. You are meant to be where you are. We always must hold the highest compassion for everybody else's life journey that we know nothing about, even if we are their parents. And I am a mother now, and I look at my daughter, and I know that she, as Khalil Gibran said, she is but an arrow flung forth from me. And it's emotional because I want, I don't want her to be an arrow flung forth for me. I want to be as that motherhood. It, it just, I want to be able to protect her. I want to be able to guide her. I want to be able to be, you know, her shield through all of the crazy and ugly things that there are in this world. But the, what I can do is be her mother. I can always be there to support her. I can always be a safe space for her to come to. And I can guide her with every wisdom that I've ever learned. And I have to trust that she's on her own journey and she's going to do it. And that she is going to empower herself. And I will always be there to be the wind underneath her wings. And I think anyone that's a parent out there can relate. It's emotional. It's charging. What We want to be able to do everything. But we have to trust in divine creation and we have to trust in them. 
So we need to trust in the youth, but we need to provide them with the tools that they came here, expect like in that space for with us as their parents. We were chosen to be their parents. Your parents were chosen to be your parents. And, you know, we can just do our best to equip our children with the guidance that's going to nurture them without clipping their wings. That's going to be the wind without blocking them from experiencing everything they need to experience on their life journey. Mm. And it doesn't happen through blame or guilt or shame. That is for sure. Definitely tricky for moms. I know we always can use that reminder <laughs> when we have so much invested in our little beings and and then giving everything and having to also let go. It's a very high practice. Mm-hmm. I wonder um, how motherhood has thus far um, shifted anything for you. Has it has it changed your practices in any way, either in the way you're your teaching or in your own rituals? Obviously, time is different, right? (laughs) For your morning rituals. Oh, yes. Um, But, and, and, but, and, but I, now that she's a little older, I am doing my best to bring back, you know, the rituals and practices, like my morning um, yoga routine, my smoothie making routine. I'm involving her in these practices with me now that she is in a space of learning because I want her to see me be calm, regulated, and doing things that nourish me and nourish myself because I know that the more that I do this, I'm setting an example for her to do the same for herself. I'm not trying to be stressed out, freaking out over everything. You know, she's already, she has broke two really important things to me yesterday. And I just had to just let that go, let it flow because that's not what's important. What's important right now is how I reacted to her breaking those things and what she internalized from that. Yeah. Right. So that's, you know, the physical practices have transformed into emotional practices as well. I'm becoming just a more compassionate and aware human. And as far as I, I, I feel like I forgot your question because I just got so deep into the memory of her breaking my Yoni steam stool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which thankfully I know the maker. So I believe that she can send me the extra panel. You, if you're listening, you'll be hearing from me soon. (laughs) So the question is how has motherhood transformed? Yeah. Both your own personal practice and then maybe how you're, as well as how you're mentoring and teaching. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel that I have walked in through a deep portal through motherhood, the birthing process. And we had a thank goddess for the path that I chose that was an unmedicated natural home birth. It was a long 48-hour emotionally charged labor. But once I made it through the emotional blockage, the birth came very organically and beautifully. But once I, you know, moving through the motherhood portal was a powerful transformation for me. I feel so deeply rooted into the divine mother as in Gaia and through, you know, connected to source. I feel the energy in my central channel, my Shushumna. I feel my roots and I feel my branches. 
I feel my illuminated light in a way that I never have before. And it's given me a greater capacity to hold space and a greater capacity to connect with the deeper energies of the womb and what is actually alive for me and able to just see more clearly. It's like I'm more connected to myself so I can see more clearly. I'm more in tune with the own power of my temple, of my body. I know what I can do. I, I created this life. And, and here I am still a year later, this life is being nourished from my body every single day. There is something that happens through that process and I'll never be the same again. And it's opened up my, my womb tuition in a way that I, I never expected. Yeah. I, I would imagine working in specifically in womb work and then having a child would be just very, very profound. I mean, it, it's profound anyway. Um, and I imagine it's, it's touching your, your work in so many ways that are being revealed and have, you know, even yet to be, to be revealed. So we're on this path with our little ones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> As we kind of head to a close, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel inspired to share? Yeah, this is what's coming up for me right now. There is always going to be a reason to not attend to your healing. There is always going to be a life event or something that shows up that's going to test your commitment. And that is something for you to be aware of because the choices and the decisions that you make in that process are what defines you and it defines where and who you become, where you're going and who you become. So choose wisely. That is it. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to sit with that, that it, that's a, a really good way to close. That's what I was alluding to earlier when I was talking about with the planning, thinking ahead, but you said it in such beautiful words that things will always come up. <laughs> there will always be a reason. So a reason that we can latch on to not to attend to our healing. And so there's no better time <laughs> than now because there will always be a reason not to. And it's our intention to put our healing first. That makes all the difference. Remind us again, Sabrina, um, about your upcoming course. And then I think we'll say goodbye for now, but I will hopefully see you very, very soon. Mm -hmm. In the sauna. In the sauna. <laughs> naked and sweating. <laughs> we are so blessed with that. That is, that is really something special. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that invitation. If you are out here and you're resonating with what I have to share, and if you feel that there is something for your healing here, for your evolution of your feminine, your connection to your body, source, energy, spirit, then I am inviting you into this safe, sacred, and holy container of the jeweled womb mentorship and teacher training. Shall you choose to accept that mission? This is a medicinal immersion 
into the ancient secrets of the mystic feminine. And I'd love to share more about it with you. I will give Lara the link so you can check out in writing. And there is also a place for you to connect with me one-on-one in a call if you have questions or if you are feeling like you would like more information. We begin on January 20th, 2023. There are extended payment plans and partial scholarships from everything from mamas to women of color to women that live outside of the United States. So please know that you have access to healing if you are ready to commit to yourself. And thank you so much, Lara, for having me in this incredible healing space that you've created. I honor you and your sacred work, your devotional service to healing. And I look forward to weaving deeper throughout the 3D world and beyond. Mm, thank you, Sabrina. As we buzz around the busy world, it becomes clear there are billions of paths. As we buzz around the busy world, we will appear in other people's photographs. As we speed through the centuries, we will collide and the light will bend. We will be accidentally immortalized in someone else's land.